Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Football Friday on B. Mitch and Finley, presented by Alarm.com, keeping you connected to what matters most. Nick Ashew and now Steve Zabin as well in for B. Mitch and Finley. Let's Zabe- go, Nick. Man, Let's it's, go, it's been a Let's long time, buddy. I, I don't know the last I, time I've done anything has, with you like this. Uh, it's been a long time. You and I, to my knowledge, to my record keeping, have never done a shift together. So this is our first time doing a shift together, making sweet sports radio music together. So I'm very excited for that. How you been there, handsome fella? I, I've been great. It's an honor. It's an honor to be back with you again, man. You know, it's like it goes back to... I guess I, I guess we count the updates years ago when I was over there with you, but that'd be about as far as I guess it goes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, you still married? Uh, yes, yes. So that you still oh, got that congratulations. show? Congratulations, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, have you started? Have you started a family yet? No, no, no kids, no kids. Okay, a dog. All right, good. And that's you know, if you and your bride are happy, don't make any sharp moves. Yeah, you know, people like ask say. us that question. Don't make all the any time. sharp moves. People ask us that question. Oh, all the time. I bet. Oh, I bet you're yeah. getting bombarded because you've been now married for how many years? Four uh, years? Yeah, no, five, five years. Five years? Now? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're getting it from all sides, in-laws, mm-hmm. and you know the the holidays are always tough. So, are you prepared for year five of running the holiday gauntlet of Thanksgiving, Christmas? With so, when are we gonna have some grandbabies? <laughs> so, luckily, we've got her sister that has one kid, and my middle brother has now two. So it's kind of tempered the problem a little bit where there's less asking us because they've at least gotten some grandkids on both sides. And we've kind of made it clear that we're just we don't even think about it, don't even have the desire right now. And if it changes, it changes. And if we can, we can. And if we can, we can't. Whatever it is, like that's where we are. People are starting, I think, in the family to understand that. But, you know, not everybody's going to. And I, I, don't, I don't really care. They're, they're, they're never going to they're yeah. never going to relent unless you come out and say, Oh, I hate kids. Oh, God, no. <laughs> they're messy. They, they're expensive. They don't listen to you. You got to worry about them. No, we're never having kids. You say that enough times, they'll eventually go, okay, we should probably start, stop asking about it. <laughs> it'll happen it. and it'll happen in due time, my friend. Hey, big ups to your former uh, colleague, Sarah Perlman, who I saw on social media, got engaged to Trey Mancini. Happy for her. They have been through a lot. A lot. Oh, my gosh. Good for her. They look very happy in those photos. 
Big old ring, too. That's a ball player ring on her right there. That is, that is a so, ball player ring, that's for sure. Trey's a, a good dude, man. Like, right there. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, going through all that. I, that was, I'm, I'm happy for them because that's, yeah. I can't imagine what that's like to go through that and then through the pandemic on top of that. I mean, it was just, just everything with them. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, very, yeah, when very it rains, happy it pours. Brings you closer, makes you tougher, though. So, all right. So we pick up. I pick up the conversation uh, midstream here. I know you spent a good chunk of the first hour uh, going through the Ron Rivera comments that came out yesterday through the team's own website, throwing some distinct shade at some of the defensive line show ponies who are, I think, distinctly underperforming this year. Starting with ninety nine problems, right? It is embarrassing how bad this defense has been. And I'm going to tell you this, man, and this is what I was kind of saying last hour before you jumped on here. Uh, I, I wish Ron Rivera had been more critical earlier in the year. There, There's so much with him where it's become this, oh, everything's fine, we're just going to keep doing the same thing. And it, I finally feel like he's just accepted the fact that, hey, we suck. We're not a good team this year, and we're not going very far, so I might as well stop being angry in press conferences and at least start saying what's going on wrong with this team. <laughs> He has, I have noticed the change in tone slightly in the last couple of weeks. These two, these two last games were critical in terms of bending the season back into a trajectory that could reasonably look like a possible playoff run. So on the other side of these two games, there's definitely more of a resignation in his voice about, well, this is going to be a grind. We're going to have to slug our way to six, seven wins and call it a victory of sorts and try to build for next year. Which is, you know, the reality that's facing this team. But on the defensive side of things, what do you think is the biggest problem? Because I see a number of problems that are concurrently working against each other to make the unit overall worse. But I want to know what you see, and I know I want to know what is the consensus as to why the defense is so bad. Well, look, I think everybody had the expectations that this pass rush was going to be like an all-time great. So some of that is based on expectations, but it hasn't been good in general. The biggest thing for me is is watching this team get beat in coverage consistently on, on third and longs. Their third down defense is atrocious, and it's continued to be mm. atrocious this entire year where you're allowing drives to extend, you're letting games continue, you're letting teams have a you know a third and ten, convert that on the first drive of the game, then march down the field and score. They're constantly putting themselves in a position where they're playing from behind, and you don't have the firepower, you don't have the weapons offensively to then play catch-up. Like It'd be one thing if you had... Aaron Rodgers under center. Sadly, you don't. Neither does Green Bay this weekend, but that's a whole other conversation I'm sure we'll have later. But, you know, this is this is a team that's just not equipped to play from behind. And we can get all excited about Taylor Heineke as much as we want. Sadly, or thankfully, that's kind of calmed down a little bit. But, you know, this is... This is a team that had a lot of hype in the offseason. It was too much. It was unnecessary. And now when you, you know, kind of combined that over-the-top hype about this defense being the best in the NFL and them also underachieving from really any standpoint of where they could be being one of the worst yeah. defenses in the NFL, it's just snowballed in this giant mess that nobody even knows how to react to. That, that's a good point. I agree with all that. I think my big takeaway is safety play still matters. The back end is disorganized because the safety play is weak. Landon Collins doesn't like the fact he's being labeled a linebacker now, but that's <laughs> essentially what he is. Every other guy at that position up the middle on the back end is just a guy. 
And so that has caused great disorganization in the back, on the back end of things. And if the back end's not doing their job, the front end can't be as good as they think they are. Now, when it comes to uh, Chase Young, I saw a play last week that completely befuddled me. It was the play, in fact, in which uh, we now find out Montez Sweat broke his jaw. But Chase Young had finally shook free, coming around left end, and then inexplicably slowed up just two steps away from Teddy Bridgewater. And I had to rewind it going, did I see this right? It wasn't because the ball was already gone. It wasn't near the sideline where you're typical to get penalties. It was a pullback by Chase Young that made me say that looked really weird. Do you know the play that I'm talking about? Did you see the same thing? I know what you're talking about, and I do remember that. And when I saw that, you know, I kind of looked at this, and I think of the last few weeks of what Taylor Heineke's been at quarterback, too. I feel like everybody on this team, or majority of them, maybe not Jonathan Allen, who's played pretty well for them this year. Obviously, you know, uh, uh, Terry McLaurin has been Terry McLaurin, and we get that. He's doing everything he can, given the resources that he has. It feels like, to me, when I'm watching this team out there now, everybody's overthinking. Everybody's sitting there insecure about the way the season's gone, insecure about the way that they've played individually and as a team as a whole, and it just feels like nobody is natural anymore. It's all about thinking. It's all about overthinking. It's about, I don't want to make a mistake. And when that starts to creep into your locker room, you've got no chance of coming back from that. Yeah, they're not playing naturally. They're not playing fast. They're not playing instinctively, and that's definitely hurting him. Uh, Jonathan Allen, thank God for him. He's a beautiful, beautiful player to watch, but otherwise it's been very disappointing on the front end. And, you know, defense will only take you so far in today's NFL because the rules are such that you get penalized for every little thing, and there's personal fouls on the quarterback that change drives that you're like, that can't be a personal foul. Oh, yeah, it actually is. So what's to do for the rest of the season? is really the big question, and that's what we have heading into the bye week to try to figure it out. Last night's game was interesting, Nick, because Carson Wentz continues to look like a guy that Frank Reich is somehow shining up and restoring like a 65 Mustang who's going to be a sweet ride when it's all said and done. How is this even possible given how bad Carson Wentz looked last year? Situation matters for quarterbacks. It matters so much sure does, because it's, right? it's, it's not just about the talent the quarterback has, but I mean, obviously there's a million factors around it. You've got to have offensive line. You want to have some weapons, but coaching and system and all of those things kind of coupled together can really dictate the success of a quarterback. It's like, you know, I look at, cause we've got obviously five rookies this year, five rookie quarterbacks all that are first round picks that all are going to have all these expectations, be franchise quarterbacks. Spoiler alert, not all of them are going to be franchise quarterbacks. We've already seen Zach Wilson look like he's trending clearly in the wrong direction. We're talking quarterback controversy with the Jets already. But seeing where Carson Wentz was pre-torn ACL, MVP candidate, to then not looking the same, looking like a guy that was injury prone, and then on top of that, clearly insecure that Nick Foles took the Eagles to win a Super Bowl. Nick Foles and the offense looked better when he was out there. Everything was toxic. Philadelphia fans were tired of him. It's clear that in the locker room it wasn't working anymore. There were talks about his ego, and nothing was working. He now goes to the Colts with his old coach, where he played like an MVP in a situation that's brand new. He wasn't, you know, a number one overall pick or a number two or number three, like as some quarterbacks would be looked at as the franchise savior right away. It's like 
you know, I look at like Markel Fultz, when the Sixers traded him to the, the Magic, nobody cared because it was like, well, he's just a guy that's washed up at this point and we don't know whether he's going to be an average player at best. There's less, there's fewer expectations on Carson Wentz now. So he goes out there, plays more naturally. I know he had two interceptions last week and they didn't look good, but he was back to playing mistake-free football for the most part again last night. And on top of that, before last week, Zabe, he he almost broke the Colts franchise record for the most consecutive games with multiple touchdown passes and no interceptions. He's playing really? well. Yes, he's playing well. That was <laughs> he, he tied Peyton Manning's record. So like he's in a perfect spot that's, to succeed. See, that's what's crazy. So like some teams say, okay, we've we've got a, a reclamation project on our hands. We're gonna we think this will work. Like in Carolina, they thought, hey, we can fix up Sam Darnold. That's not going well right now. The Colts said, hey, we can fix up Carson Wentz. It's going great. How do you know which reclamation project is worth pursuing? And that's what I think this organization is going to have to think long and hard about because probably the only best option for a quarterback next year is a reclamation project. That's So that's where I am. Honestly, because we can look at this draft. Would you go in. the route of a reclamation project? So here's someone a- like a Gardner Minshew or a Mitch Trubisky. Ugh, you made you, you picked horrible names though. That's the issue. <laughs> or a Jacoby Brissett. I would rather have. Or do Jacoby we already know Brissett. that Jacoby Brissett is a is a non reclamation? project the issue with this is trying to look at some other guys out there i mean well look i mean let's say like what if matt ryan was available would you be comfortable with a guy like that for let's say three years like this is our bridge quarterback i'd rather have matt ryan as a bridge quarterback than ryan fitzpatrick but like a bridge to what nick a a bridge to hopefully finding somebody (laughs) in the draft right like (laughs) like because here's the thing The, the problem is matt ryan would be good enough and competent enough that he would float you up above the prime picking spots to get a quarterback. Well, then they need to totally tank. It's almost, then they need to totally tank. What does tanking in the NFL look like? Well, who does it? How do they do it? You know who tanked and, and are not reaping the benefits right now is Miami. Yeah. Miami's been tanking for two or three years, and they got all these assets, and they got Tua, who I was crazy for coming out of college. Thank God I'm not the GM because he's not very good, <laughs> apparently. Um, and, and they stink. They're 1-7. and seven. They're in the toilet bowl this weekend. So tanking doesn't even guarantee that you're going to have success. I don't know which way to go, but there's not a lot of good options next year or beyond. They better make a firm move one way or the other. Super tank or go ahead and pay for a retread. Make a move for a guy like Matt Ryan and try to build a snowball around it. See, this was my big issue with them making the playoffs last year and winning the division and then Obviously, not having the same type of draft pick that you would have had had you just been seven and nine and not made the playoffs. Just a bit diluted it, and it gives them you know a tougher schedule this year. Where now they're in a perfect position to just tank the hell out of the season and win two games. But this isn't the quarterback rich draft that you had last year. Whatever you think of the quarterbacks right now and the way they're playing, that was a much better draft to be in position to take a quarterback than it is right now. Yeah, Uh, Drew Locke could be a reclamation project. That, that's maybe Drew Locke, maybe someone, but he's he project. plays very cocky. 
Like there are times where you watch him and <laughs> you're just like, he's not good, right? Like honestly, there's a, he's kind of yeah. like Zach Wilson, where you see with both of them, where they just they kind of play just way too cocky, and you're like, you're not that good yet. You need to play a little bit more in your zone. It's why Mac Jones is in the perfect spot in New England. You talk about quarterbacks being in a great position to succeed. They're not letting him over, you know, get overzealous and make too many downfield throws that are risky. It's, meanwhile, you know, in Jacksonville, they're letting Trevor Lawrence do whatever the hell he wants, and that's fine, but sometimes yeah. it's about being the coaching saying, hey, we're going to kind of keep you bottled up a little bit, but it's going to make you better in the long term. Do you want a real restoration project, a real rusted-out car? Oh, God, I'm You worried. want to try to fix up? I don't know. You're right. Who's You're that? like, what, what, what are you going to say next? Okay, here's one for you. <laughs> Josh Rosen. So, you <laughs> know what? up to Matt Ryan. Okay, so here's the thing. I know you I actually don't hate that and here's why. I've been saying for 2 years oh that God. they should bring him in yeah. because he's still what, 24 and he's never had a stable yeah. situation ever. Now, you could say no. well, he looked terrible when he was a starter in Miami. Well, that was the Miami team that was abysmal. I mean, they were trying to lose football games. The year before that, the Cardinals weren't well coached. They had the number one pick because they were terrible. If he ever had an opportunity to really have some consistent time out there, and maybe being behind Matt Ryan can can help him. He's bounced around on practice squads. I actually, so I like the Josh Rosen because you could bring him in, let's say, if he's a free agent and still have somebody else to compete. It's not like you'd bring him in and say, well, we want you to be our starter. That would be stupid. But he could be part of the, let's have a couple of quarterbacks to compete and see who can go there. With how young he is, he still has an opportunity to be a decent quarterback in this league, I think. Now, we could see it and give him, you give him half a season and go, uh, this guy can't do it. But, man, when, they're, when quarterbacks are this young, they're, there's still so much time ahead of them to become a decent quarterback. I mean, hell, look at Taylor Heineke. At least he looks like a capable backup now before the guy bounced around the league yeah. and nobody even wanted him. Yeah. If I told you Chad Henney was still in the league, would you believe me? I would, because it felt like he was Back at Michigan for seven Mahomes. years. He was on the Van Wilder plane I, at Michigan, it felt like, so he was just there forever. If I told you if I told you our boy Shrimping McDaniel, Chase Daniel was still in the league, would you believe me? I would I do backing because... up Justin Herbert in uh in LA with the Chargers. If I told you Blaine Gabbert was still in the league, would you believe me? Oh. He is. He's backing up Tom Brady. And of course, our guy Colt McCoy not only still in the league, he may get time Sunday for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray is still on the fence with that ankle injury. Colt McCoy, God bless him. This is the problem. There are so few good quarterbacks, and we're in the big pool of teams that don't have one. you got to <laughs> get hey, a plan to get one, one way or the other, by hook or by crook. This is this was my biggest worry, is you're going to be in the same position this offseason with fewer resources necessarily and still trying to find a quarterback. It's the quest, Zabe, that Washington has been on for, it feels like, a 100 years, trying to find the, the eternal next quest. franchise quarterback. We'll get into more of Odell Beckham Jr. His release is imminent uh, in, uh, I guess we don't know where he's I going next. I think it's next, already happened. Has it officially I checked, happened? Uh, today. I, think it, I think it has officially happened. Let me go ahead and check while you're talking. All right, we've got that, and of course, more on Aaron Rodgers as well. Zabe's got more than enough to say about Aaron Rodgers. Nick Ashew, Steve Zabin, in for Beamich and Finley on the fan. It's Football Friday on B. Mitch and Finley, presented by Alarm.com, keeping you connected to what matters most. Nick Ashew and Steve Zabin in for B. Mitch and Finley. I just saw this tweet, Zabe. Like, we're getting to the point yes, where there is, there is so many gimmicky fights going on. So, do you remember Darren Williams, the former NBA player? 
He was a point guard. Darren Williams, D E R O N. Yes, Darren D- Williams. Yes. So I he's going to. Yeah, I always had a problem saying his name because I wanted to say Duran. But yes, Darren Williams, former Net, right? Former Net, no. no. Former Jazz player. Hold on. Two-time Olympic gold medalist. So he okay. is going yeah, to that fight. Guy. Yeah, he he was good for a while. Then injuries yeah, and he just D-E-R-O-N. Darren, yep. Darren Williams, don't call him Duran. Got yes, it. Don't call uh, him Duran. Right. Former Net, former Maverick, former Jazz, former uh, Cavalier. Yeah, he's been around. Okay, so, so he's going to fight now? He's going to fight on the Jake Paul, Tommy Fury undercard. <laughs> and the possibility of the guy that he's going to fight is Frank Gore, the NFL's third all-time <laughs> leading rusher. What are we doing? This is what boxing has become. Sadly, I know it's become just a it's a it, real boxing has become celebrity boxing and it's drawing numbers, which is crazy to me. I always wonder what true boxing enthusiasts. This is where our boy uh, Tom Lavero needs to weigh in. Ah, I hate it. You know, you used to be real pugilists. Now it's all just YouTube guys fighting. It really it's ridiculous. Is. I, 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 there, I think there's money. There's lesser money to be made if we were to do a radio station bout. Where you match up guys on the radio. I know that uh, JP is, uh, or JP Flame is uh, uh, boxed real, real boxing back right. in the day, once upon a time. That was 15, 20 years ago, right? Uh, at but least. Imagine if you paired up people at the station that were well, of decent age, weight class, and you held a black tie event and listeners could come see people fight each other. Well, my suggestion <laughs> as always was. As it is. Chris Russell and Landfill fighting. We never got that to work. I tried. I tried to get oh. that to work. Oh, that would. I mean, there's Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State, and then there's Landfill and the Rooster. In terms <laughs> of the Pantheon of rivalries, blood rivalries. Uh, by the way, got a text from Grant Paulson. Thank you, Grant, for listening. He's asking for a clarification on my reclamation project, quarterbacks. Doesn't that infer that they were once good? Minshew and uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky have never been good. And I said, that's a good point, Grant. I guess when I say reclamation project, I envelop reclaiming a quarterback's implied draft value, right? Mm-hmm. Because Locke was a early second-round pick, fairly high, high expectations. Try to reclaim that expectation. Same thing for Mitch Trubisky. Super expensive High first round pick. The Bears gave up a lot to move up one spot. Can you reclaim both the player and what was perceived to be on draft day? That's what I guess I mean by reclamation project. But yeah, it's grim. It's it's really grim because there's no clear avenue to get in a guy. I'm I'm really concerned that they end up sticking with exactly what they have on the roster for another year. I think that's kind another of another year. I mean, what what else? When you think Run about it, it, back with Heineke and Allen. If here's the thing, so let's just say, for fun's sake, Aaron Rodgers does for want funsies. out, and for funsies, also Russell Wilson just, wants just, out. Get they're that, not coming get, here. Get those names. That's okay, a, good. Yeah, they're right. not. That's what. Yeah, don't. Before you jump on me, let me finish. They ain't no, coming here because if they want to have the right. choice of where to go, which if you watch what happened with uh, Matt Stafford this year, or you watch what happened with. Um, Tom Brady. Now, he got to really choose his own place because he was a free agent, but you could kind of say Matt Stafford had some say in where he was going as well. 
Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl in the first year, handpicked where he got to go, weapons, coaching, all of the environment that he was looking for, warm weather, that also helped. But Matt Stafford goes to a team now that's a Super Bowl contender, weapons, coaching, all of those things. If you're Russell Wilson or you're Aaron Rodgers, and let's just say that this conversation continues, we're in the offseason, they want out. They're not going, hey, Washington looks like a great spot for me. It's stable. They've got a lot of, you know, they've got a lot of receivers for me no. and, and a strong offensive line. It doesn't make sense. So as much as we would love for that to be the conversation, in reality, it's just not going to happen because they're going to have a say in where they go if this becomes an issue. Right. Right. Even when I said yesterday to B. Mitch, I said, I'm one of the few guys that'd be willing to get into entertaining the thought of Deshaun Watson. I conveniently forgot he's got a no trade clause and it's not conceivable and not inconceivable that he would say no to a trade here. Cause I think we, we underestimate what a zombie apocalypse Washington is as a franchise right now <laughs> with everything involved, right? The owner sitting on the corner musing about how he can be a better owner, but it's not a suspension. Don't call it a suspension. This email scandal with the cheerleaders, Congress wanting to get involved, and the stadium. The, the stadium is an absolute disaster. No one has a stadium that looks as bad as our half-disassembled erector set of a shell of its former self. Even Buffalo, which is the one city that's still pushing hard to get a new stadium, theirs is a real stadium, Nick, and it actually fills up with, wait for it, Buffalo Bills fans. <laughs> we don't even have that. So it's total zombie apocalypse here, not even getting into who's on the roster, is the head coach going to be here a long time or anything else. So we're going to have to draft a guy. I think that's pretty much the end of story. Or, or just go with a complete salvage project, which may or may not work. The bottom line is they got to be good in every regard going forward every little thing, and then keep working to get the quarterback on top of it. There's a feeling like if we just get a quarterback, that'd solve everything. Part of me believes if they were to have gotten a guy like Herbert, they'd ruin him because he'd do so many other things wrong and bad. You know what I mean? To, to try and suggest that one of these star quarterbacks would want to come to Washington is like setting your friend up on a date with someone that has no redeeming qualities. <laughs> They're going to say no. Yeah, I think I'll pass. I'm going to stay in tonight instead. That's going to be the suggestion that I'll probably or, give to you. Or it's like you've got, you've got someone's number who's really hot, and you're kind of friendly with her. And she's technically signal, and your buddy who has no chance says, come on, man, just get me a date. Just get me a, a cup of coffee. And you pull some strings, and you go, okay, I'll get you, I'll get you a cup of coffee. And it goes nowhere because your friend who's hot politely says, okay, I met your buddy. Why did you do that? He's totally weird and ugly and fat, and I would never date him in a million years. Yeah, I know. He kept bugging me for your number, though. That's what our conversation with a top-flight quarterback would look like. Think of all the guys who have stiffed us along the way, like Kevin Durant, remember? Couldn't oh, yeah. even get a meeting. Hometown kid. I know it's a different sport entirely, different franchise. But I feel like that'd be the same thing. Uh, it's it's just, when you see this organization still in the news for negative things on a consistent basis, uh, somebody that also is a, not only a star quarterback, but cares about you know their brand, because everybody cares about their brand now, you know. It's all about brands now. So you're not going to want to come to an organization that has Dan Snyder running things, 
and all of the allegations against him and everybody, in, like you said, Congress going after him and all that, none of that makes sense for any of these guys to make the decision. And the more we've had this conversation over the last 10 minutes or so, the more I realize we're going to be in the same damn boat next year. The same boat. I have absolutely no confidence, Zabe, that we're going to be in a better position at quarterback next year unless Ron Rivera and everybody else is able to pull off some miracle. But right now, who? what makes you believe that some miracle is actually going to come forth from the heavens when it comes to quarterback this offseason? I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect it, but you always have to have a little bit of hope somehow. Some way. I want to. How about this? Don't pass up. Don't pass up a quarterback in the first round. How about commit yourself to taking a quarterback in the first round? Doesn't matter where you're drafting. I don't care. I wouldn't be mad if this organization said publicly, we're taking a quarterback in the first round. I want everyone to know that. If you think that's us giving up an advantage because, ooh, there's a quarterback ahead of us, one or two picks, we're going to yoink ahead of you, fine, whatever. We'll take the next quarterback. I don't mind if they do that. Because that's what they have to do. They can't pass on quarterbacks anymore. They passed. They could have scooched up to get Mac Jones. That was a mistake. Same thing for uh, you know Fields. Although I'm not sure Fields is going to be good. Uh, they passed on Herbert because of Chase Young, and I endorsed that. By the way, Nick, I, said, I did too. Chase Young is a can't miss player. He's regressing this year for reasons that only smart people who know football would fully understand. But it's weird. He shouldn't have a sack and a half through this many games. Yeah, I'm not I'm not so ready gotta to take call a quarterback. Him. Yeah, I'm not ready to call him a bust, but yes, drafting a uh drafting Chase Young over a quarterback, you can at least justify in the moment. Drafting yeah. Jamin Davis over a quarterback, <sighs> yeah, it, 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 it's yeah. it's hard, it's hard to justify. So, look, so, I, I mean So, let's talk about this Beckham thing for a second, shall we? Yes. Cuz this is the this used to be the quintessential Danny player that he would have been in on in a heartbeat. Is it progress? That it doesn't look like we're going to be in on this, at least at this time. I, I would progress. I would certainly call it progress, but I feel like we've had that progress at least a little bit over the last few years, okay. where they're not the first in line for the recently cut or a recently uh, disenchanted, not happy with my franchise star player anymore. Although I don't know, can we even call Odell Beckham Jr. a star anymore at this point? He was with the Giants, but now it's more of kind of based yeah. off of name recognition of where he used to be. That's why I was when I saw that I it, nobody even tried and this is the best part too I know Twitter's dangerous we know it's mostly stupid and, and people say idiotic things on it but there was nobody even trying to suggest from what I saw that hey this is an opportunity for Washington go out and get Odell Beckham Jr. It doesn't make any sense it wouldn't work especially because the last thing he wants to do is come to a situation where he's got a quarterback that isn't getting him the ball consistently because that's exactly what's been going on in Cleveland for him. Yeah. Did you see Steve Smith last night? Going crazy and blaming Baker Mayfield for it, yeah. Yeah. Did you play the audio? <sighs> no, we've not right played. Do you have the audio? If you can play it through, do it. Yeah. Let's play it. Okay. Pretty good. And Baker Mayfield is it. Now, I know Baker yeah. may not like this because I know he hears things. But, son, let me just tell you something. Focus here, folks. I would have loved for it. You're not very good, and Odell is moving on because of you, bro. Odell's moving on. Okay. That's one Diva wide receiver sticking up for another. <laughs> Let me just try to understand what it is Baker Mayfield is not doing. He's not throwing to Odell Beckham Jr. on purpose, because why? Wouldn't he want to if he's getting open and winning routes quickly in the progression? What on earth would possess Baker Mayfield to not 
try to get him the ball. What am I, I missing? It's, it just doesn't it none of it makes sense because the last thing you do if you're if you're Baker Mayfield right now is try to sabotage your own performance knowing that you got a really big payday coming up or you're hoping to have a really big payday. So why in the world would you look at this and say, right. "Nah, OBJ pissed me off in practice. I'm not throwing him the ball here now." It's not going to help you at all. Do you, do you remember when he had that totally bizarre sit down with Josina Anderson? on the pregame shows on ESPN when he was a giant basically bitching about Eli Manning in yes. the same way. Yes. I think it was with Josina Anderson. It was like this, what's going on? What's the matter? Why are you unhappy? And he all but said it but didn't say it that Eli sucks. And, yeah, at the end, Eli did suck. But this is just a pattern with this guy. Apparently right now no one's jumping at him as of – Right now, the reporting is somebody will pick him up. I bet the Raiders get him because of the rug situation. But I, I don't see a huge market for Odell Beckham Jr., which is too bad because even though he was a dirty, stinking giant and I hated him because he was a giant, spectacular player before he got hurt and before he lost his mind. And, and Exciting he's still only, as hell to watch. Still only 29, uh, really, too. There, there's still an opportunity where sometimes yeah. a fresh start makes a difference. But, look, the big thing, too uh, – and. Some of this is Baker Mayfield's fault because he's just not that great of a quarterback. So he's just it, – it's if you're not hitting your open receiver one – now, some of it is, okay, let's not just sit here and show a video if you're his dad and say, well, he's not hitting him because he's right. open here. He's not. There's more to the play than just that. Depends on where the quarterback's looking, what the play call was, what his progressions are. There's a million things to that. But if you look at Beckham's track record too, though, this is the, this is the quintessential – diva receiver where it's i am not happy with this quarterback i'm not happy with this quarterback and in the end if your receiver's talented but not getting the football in his hands and just becomes a a, a decoy i compared him to the their decorative towels zabe where it's just like you're there for decoration <laughs> you can't touch him you can't do anything with him i've learned that over marriage by the way you don't touch the decorative towels they make no sense do you, they don't do serve you a have purpose. some uh, ornamental towels in in a uh, powder room somewhere we do in one of our guest bathrooms and i'm just like <laughs> we don't have a towel in here that's clean now you you can i just use no don't use it i can't can't use it don't we, touch that <laughs> towel i hate them it's so dumb there's not a lot of decorative pillows thankfully don't have that, but the decorative towel thing of like this is I don't understand the purpose. I need I need to use a towel right now. My hands are, are hey, one need day to, be to dry. troll your one one day to troll your wife. You should come out. Make sure you take a shower when you know she's going to be getting ready, and then you come out of the shower and you take one of the small decorative towels <laughs> to do a full body dry off, and then look at her like what. What was that wrong? Was I? Oh, I didn't even notice this. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetie. This was the decorative towel down in the in the powder room. She'd make you throw it away and go to Bed Bath and Beyond and get a whole new set after that. I'm so glad you want to help me get into a fight today. Thank you for that, Zay. But it's clear you want. <laughs> It'd be a joke. It'd be fun. She'd laugh. She'd be like, oh, oh, that's why I married you, Nick. You're such a jokester. You keep life light and entertaining. <laughs> that, you know what? That's a better story. I like that outcome more than anything. Uh, he's Steve Zabin. I'm Nick Ashew. We are in for Beamage and Finley on The Fan. Nick Ashew and Steve Zabin.
And for Beamich and Finley, it just happens to be a football Friday as well on Beamich and Finley, presented by Alarm.com, keeping you connected to what matters most. Now, I was told during the break that Zabe has a trifecta of animal stories. I have no idea what that means. Right, I'm keeping you in the dark, uh, but I want you to be surprised by these. Maybe you've heard this or not. First and foremost, uh, you know that the modern pentathlon is dropping, I believe, horse riding. And they're searching for a replacement. Okay. In the modern pentathlon. Okay. It had been fencing, swimming, show jumping, shooting, and running. What is show jumping? The... That's horse riding, and you jump over things. The, oh, oh, okay. All right. Yay! All right, yay, fun. You know, okay. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, apparently, and by the way, the modern pentathlon is an evolution of the traditional pentathlon, which was designed during the original Olympics to mimic the ideals of the perfect Greek soldier of the day. So now they need a new sport for modern pentathlon oh, to, to add to it. I have no idea what they're going to choose, but let's make it something fun, right? Like, I don't know, foosball or bowling or, uh, <laughs> you know, trampoline. Basketball. Make it really dumb. Basketball. <laughs> basketball. Let's bring basketball out. All right, that's, that's animal story number one. Animal story number two. Man's... Penis rots off after being bitten by snake while sitting on toilet in South Africa. Welcome to every man's nightmare. That is that is one of those. It's always meanwhile in Australia, and then you see some scary animal or some scary bug that you know would kill you in two seconds. Um, That is (laughs) like now because of that, I want you to know that there is no way that I will ever be able to look at a toilet the same way again. Because I've seen right. these stories, I've seen these pictures, but I've never heard it go to that level. So thank you for absolutely ruining the toilet sure. for me forever again. And and by the way, normally I don't just run with any news uh, newswire item from overseas because a lot of them are of very suspect quality in terms of veracity. However, this was actually in the Urology Case Reports, oh, which is, I guess, a medical journal. All urology-related things. And this was a 47-year-old man, a Dutch man who was in South Africa, who sat down and got bit on his pecker by a snouted (laughs) cobra. Oh, my God. God. Not not even a lesser venomous snake. A cobra. The medical journal described it as the first case of, quote, snouted cobra in and venomation of the genitals. He had to wait three hours before he was flown by helicopter to the nearest trauma center 220 miles away. His scrotum and penis were swollen, deep purple in color, and painful upon hospital admission. Oh, painful, really? That's shocking. Who would have guessed that was painful? (laughs) Imagine the doctor saying, so uh, what happened here? Oh, snake, make my penis. (laughs) Oh! Jeez, the three-hour uh, wait is the worst part about that. Yeah, the scrotal necrosis was reported to involve the entire fascia, skin of the internal spermatic, and was excised with extensive margins. The, he had a, he had the debridement of his penis, kind of like Alex Smith had the debridement of his skin oh. and his muscles in his leg. 
a snouted cobra. Okay, well let's let's lighten it up. Here is one more. <laughs> this is the Here is one more. I, I can't get this picture out of my head now. You. This is stuck in my head because uh, oh, of you. Oh, 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 I'll I'll get it out of your head. You ready? Oh, Here we go. Right. Australia, man eaten by piranhas after jumping into lake to escape being stung by bees. <laughs> That's a bad day right there. You're like, oh, 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 bees, ow, ow, what do I do? Quick, jump in the water. Oh, oh, piranhas, piranhas, bees, piranhas, bees, piranhas. This, this feels like an episode of The Simpsons, by the way. That just I can just picture Homer Simpson going through this right now. Exactly. Uh, sadly, the 30-year-old Brazilian man died because, you know, piranhas, uh, they yeah. do what piranhas do. Yeah, yeah, that is eat. something else right there. You so know, there you go, a three pack of of animal stories to lighten your Friday. Yeah, none of that is lightened. Didn't lighten anything. Yeah. Zabe, it's <laughs> awful what you just told us. Look, I, I everybody There's talks. There's no ab- feel good in any of this. No, you people talk about how well, cool. I just Austra- want to let people know. Watch where you're parking your butt when you're in a you know a strange country with possible snouted cobras. Watch out. Take a good look. And just remember, bees probably won't kill you, but piranhas will. What is, I don't even know what a snouted cobra looks like. I'm going to look that up right now. That's oh, my God! <laughs> I can't imagine this thing popping out of the toilet of me. I, I would never be able to walk yep. into a bathroom again. Yep. That is There un- you go right there. So my rule in life is that every spider is going to kill me and every snake is going to kill me. And if I just assume that, then I stay away from them all, and I don't have to worry about, well, maybe this one's okay. Nope, they're all going to kill me. I'm going to all the spiders, I'm going to squish, all the snakes I'm going to run away from or chop their head off if it looks like it's something that, that, (laughs) like, that's it. Like, my dad sent me a picture recently. They had, we never had this. This is my house that I grew up in, in Virginia. Never had a, um... Uh, geez, what's the poisonous snake that like it's actually in this copperhead? Black mama. Copperhead. 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 Yeah. It was a copperhead, and he sent me a picture with his we head chopped those. off. He just sent me a picture okay. out of the blue with a head chopped off, and I knew exactly what it was. I was like, is that a copperhead? We've never had those there before. Sure enough, it was just slithering around the you know the the driveway, and he just boom wow. locked its head off, which is what you have to do because those things are poisonous. But I just assume every snake is going to try and kill me. Meanwhile, in Australia, everything actually is going to kill you. So it's all the more reason not to visit South Africa or Australia, though they look like beautiful places. I see that, and I love to travel. We do a lot of traveling. All I do is see stuff about Australia and South Africa and these crazy animals that are going to eat you and kill you. And I just, there, it scares the hell out of me. There are TV shows. I think there's like TV shows that go through Australia's most deadly and they go through all the spiders and snakes because you're right. Australia has basically the deadliest of every animal on, pla- on the planet. They just, whatever it is, they're the, they're the deadly animal superstore. <laughs> Luckily, though, for you, Australia is closed right now. <laughs> They've been closed for almost two years. Who knows when they're going to open again? Maybe if you want something light, can we just sort of ask how in the hell Pete Davidson is now allegedly dating Kim Kardashian? Uh, this well, guy he... keeps moving from one smoke show to another, and he's not good looking. Well, there are there are reasons and rumors as to why... He tends to. Uh, it must be. Yes. You want to talk? It must If we be. tie in the Cobra story again here, I think there's a great way to say this without saying it. That is the reason why, apparently. Exactly. 
Ariana Grande made it very clear. Uh, I think that that was yeah. part of the reason why. You know what? Good for him. Ariana Grande, who said Pete Davidson has, quote, butthole eyes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. <laughs> you get hit with that. That's hard to shake that term. You've got butthole eyes. Yeah? Well, he's got something downstairs that brings all the ladies out. That's for sure. Though I will say, uh, good for Kim Kardashian for not dating an athlete for a change or a rapper. So there you go. It's they, She's branched well, out a little bit to a comedian. So that's always, it's something different. So I'm, I'm proud of her. She, she did marry Chris Humphreys. So there's she one, did. Ath- she one did. non-athlete that yeah. he, oh. That was a cheap, oh, a cheap shot. Come on. That's an athlete right there. What is Chris Humphreys doing now? He's long retired, right? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen him in yeah. anything about him in forever. But he went on to have a you know his same NBA career. The trajectory never changed. So he dodged the curse, I think, with that, which is good. So he kind of went yeah. a little bit past it and didn't get affected by it. So uh, we'll get back to the NFL next hour. Brian Baldinger is going to join us at 1230. He's Steve Zabin. I'm Nick Ashew. In for Beamish and Finley on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.